Hey folks, thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat, your weekly update on all things Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, founder of Stacks. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and the Stacks mainnet launched <clears throat> earlier this year. Thanks for being here, Muneeb. To kick things off, um, we're going to do our question of the day. Um, so curious as to the ways that you recharge, um, are there any tactics that, that you utilize to disconnect from crypto craziness? Yeah, so I do, I do delete uh, the Twitter app uh, several times uh, during the week. Uh, in terms of like recharging, I think I am definitely a big fan of like meditation. Uh, actually, lately, my meditation practice has uh, been not going very well, but there was a time period before where I was like extremely regular, uh, first thing in the morning, 10-minute meditation. Uh, but in general, like uh, I, I like just going out in nature. Uh, like Interestingly, I, I, I like being alone a lot, which is almost like the opposite of my day-to-day -day job because I have to spend a lot of time with people. So to recharge, I usually uh, just just want to be alone, like just just by myself. Awesome, thank you so much. Um, so one thing that we were speaking about last week was the market for smart contracts for Bitcoin and this concept of the Bitcoin economy. Um, and this is a pretty distinct category for layer ones, given we're so used to these independent ecosystems, these sort of ETH killers. Um, so how might we think about the Stacks ecosystem in terms of maturity and growth compared to some of these other ecosystems? Yes, I think the Stacks ecosystem, given the mainnet launch was just in this January, uh, is still relatively early. And especially given that it's not a independent uh, L1, like, like it's not, you know, another proof of stake blockchain that uh, someone is running independently. This is actually built around Bitcoin. So there is a lot of complexity in just the consensus mechanism or how the blockchain is built and so on. So I think it's definitely relatively early days for, for the Stacks ecosystem. But the flip side of that is it's going after a potentially very large market, right? Like imagine that Bitcoin has already established itself as uh, as a sovereign money and it has close to like a trillion dollars in market cap and and surprisingly not a lot of uh, developers out there are actually trying to build in in this market like they're not trying to bring smart contracts uh, to bitcoin so stacks is like very very unique in that way and in terms of like if you uh, look at you know other uh, their ones there are a bunch of like high quality projects out there now very different scenario from like 2017 or so when you know, they, they, they weren't like many uh, good options available in terms of L1 uh, smart contracts. I think the way to think about this is that uh, all of these, these uh, ecosystems like be it like Solana, Avalanche or others, uh, they all started out small. Like you, you, if you re rewind the clock a little bit, like go back like even nine months or a year, these were all like fairly small systems and they have kind of like found their um, uh, their set of developers were excited about building in that ecosystem, and and stacks. Uh, just just given the time frame, like I have a feeling that it might be like six months or nine months away uh, from that broader mainstream uh, type of uh, adoption in in the crypto industry. Because what we're seeing, right, developers are usually a leading indicator, right? So we are already seeing so many people who are trying to build. Uh, and obviously, uh, there's more work to be done on the network capacity side, on some of the, the scalability uh, stuff that is coming up. But developers are usually a leading indicator for where what people would expect to see kind of like down the road. 
Uh, so I, I think I think that's 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 roughly how I think about comparison to other ecosystems that might look more more uh, more mature today compared to SaaS. Absolutely, thank you. Um, and what are some potential catalysts that can sort of bring stacks to a more mainstream crypto audience? I think there are uh, two things in my mind. I think one is that uh, in terms of like broader awareness, I feel like a lot of people simply don't know yet that smart contracts are uh, possible on Bitcoin. And even if they do, it's it's pretty uh, pretty surprising to me actually, like how many people, like fairly, actually fairly sophisticated people who've been in, in crypto for a while would confuse things like Taproot or uh, things like DLCs for, uh, for smart contracts uh, on Bitcoin, which is like when you dig into the details, while I'm talking about it, let me actually uh, discuss Taproot a little bit because this has been coming up a lot in my conversations. Uh, so Taproot is amazing. Like I'm super excited about it as a, as a Bitcoiner. It basically does two things. One is that it makes uh, certain complex transactions on the Bitcoin network uh, basically more compact. Like it reduces the size of those transactions which is great for efficiency and you know like it, it basically is a it, it would be a big win for uh, for the bitcoin the second thing it does which is kind of related is that um it is it enhances the privacy of certain transactions because the more complicated transactions that i mentioned uh they look very similar to a normal bitcoin transaction so you're not revealing information about what you're doing by uh, uh with, with the help of taproot so those are the two things it's doing but somehow there's a narrative building up in, in some of the Bitcoin circles that Taproot is going to enable smart contracts. And people confuse Taproot as being like some sort of a literal smart contract solution. It's not. Like Taproot is not linked with smart contracts at all. The link that people have made is that there are certain uh, approaches which are mostly like off-chain smart contracts like, like DLCs, uh, and they would be easier and more efficient to implement because of Taproot. So that, that is the link. But, but so two takeaways, A, Taproot does not mean smart contracts. B, the off-chain contracts, and this is again a major confusion in the, in the industry, are extremely limited. And uh, they're, they're, the, the UX for actually using something like DLCs basically limits the type of applications you can even build with smart contracts. Like to the extent that uh, most people wouldn't even think of them as 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 full-fledged smart contracts, like the ones that people are used to. Uh, so think of them as like you know not as limited as Bitcoin script, but fairly limited type of off-chain type systems that require a lot of uh, back and forth and manual kind of like uh, uh, pre-processing between different parties. We would want to engage with those smart contracts. So that's I think that's that's the that's the first thing that there is a lot of just confusion and uh, uh, lack of education in the Bitcoin ecosystem where people don't know that smart contracts are possible or what's the difference between like a, like a full smart contract uh, platform like Stacks versus some of these other approaches that get confused for a full smart contract. So I do think that as people get to learn more about, hey, uh, like full smart contracts are possible on Bitcoin, as people learn about it, they get very excited. But we just, we are just at an earlier stage of, of uh, of, of kind of like awareness, even within the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I think I think a lot more work needs to be done. So that, I think that's one. 
The second thing is somewhat related, but a little bit different. And that is, um, I think when people get to experience applications like Bitcoin applications, like that's another way that they can have their aha. Like, uh, like imagine Bitcoin NFTs. Uh, like if people are actually able to purchase and trade and actually get excited about some, some NFT that, that, was, that was minted on Bitcoin through Stacks, like that's another way that they can have their aha moment of, oh, oh my God, like this is possible, right? Like, and I'm so excited about it. Uh, so that's less about like the, the just like broader awareness, but more about actual usage of the applications, which I feel very confident about because there are so many interesting things that developers have built recently. Like there are, uh, uh, you know, a lot of different types of applications that are coming out and they're getting real usage at this point, still relatively early stage, but I feel like in the, in the coming months, as some of these applications start getting more usage, especially like maybe, you know, there's one breakout application and suddenly, uh, you know, like, like 50,000 users or 100,000 users start using it. That's a big number in the, in the crypto industry. And I think that that could really help uh, the, the, the awareness of stacks as well. Absolutely. And, you know, you're speaking a lot about potential future developments. There's a ton on the roadmap and, and that's in progress. Um, but also, I think it's important to consider sort of what's happened since even just the launch of Stacks uh, mainnet earlier this year. Um, so I'm curious if there's if you could sort of summarize some of the early traction points um, in the Stacks network that you're seeing. Yes. So I think the, the biggest thing when the mainnet launch happened, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, is uh, the mainnet launch was a completely decentralized launch. Uh, so there were independent miners who came in and basically launched the network. It was not done by a centralized company that is first kind of like, uh, you know, running the network in a limited capacity and then slowly kind of like uh, rolling out. Like the entire game theory behind it, the entire consensus, uh, consensus mechanism basically just went to production as the mainnet launch happened. So the biggest thing that I was watching out for was, is this thing even going to work, right? Is, this, uh, is the game theory here compatible? Like, are miners even going to come in? Like, a lot of people used to be skeptical that why would people spend their Bitcoin to mine stacks? And now all of that is, like, in the rear view mirror, right? Like, we, all, we know that there are miners, there is a ton of interest, like, people are willing to mine this new mechanism. By the way, it's a completely different consensus mechanism. And something like that has never been tried before. It's consensus between two chains. It's not proof of stake. It's not proof of work. Uh, and I think that that was, that was a big deal. Uh, the other thing was, I think, uh, the launch of Clarity, which is a new programming language. And obviously, launching a new programming language is always a, a big uh, project. And Clarity also went live uh, with, the, with the launch of mainnet. And I think it was very interesting. I, I still remember the early days. I still get excited about seeing Clarity code published directly on the Explorer. And it just looks looks amazing that you anyone can just go and see literally what the code is, what it, it is doing, and how people are uh, are interacting with it. And then I think shortly after the mainnet launch came stacking. Uh, and stacking has been such a huge success. Like there are people who are now diehard fans of, of the Stacks open source project because of stacking, because they uh, enjoy like getting these Bitcoin rewards. Like it's also like such a, again such a unique thing. Like like I think there's a there's a trend in uh, the things that I'm mentioning. Like the consensus mechanism, extremely unique. Nobody else is doing anything like that in the industry. 
uh, clarity programming language extremely unique. You know the way it's uh, it's uh, decidable, the way it focuses on safety, and there's no compiler. You're you're publishing the code, and same with stacking. Like there's no other other uh, crypto asset out there where you're locking it and you're actually earning another asset. And and this it's not just just another asset. It's actually Bitcoin. Right. People, I, I still remember I was getting text messages from so many people that I know when Bitcoin actually showed up in their wallets. Like people couldn't believe it. It's like, you know, this, this, this feels like too good to be true. And now we have something like, you know, 500, uh, close to like $500 million locked up in QX in a clarity contract that, and all of the system is working and thriving. And I think those things are, uh, those things are like easy to take for granted, but they were actually huge steps in themselves, like all each, each, each one of them. And then there are, are projects that have, that have been launched, like for example, uh, uh, the Miami Coin project. Like uh, if you look at some of the mining activity that's happening for Miami Coin, like it's, it's amazing. Like it's a completely community driven project. Uh, it is actually reusing the concept of proof of transfer in a very, very uh, novel way. And, and doing these public-private partnerships with, uh, with, 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 with different cities. And the city of Miami has been very, very uh, kind of like, you know, forward-looking. And the Mayor, Mayor Suarez has come out to actually even accept the treasury. And who could have thought that like six months ago, you know, when, when, when the NEPA was launching, that, uh, that such a big application would be built and would be actually, actually getting traction. And I, I'm not even getting into all of the different uh, startups and the different projects that are launching uh, almost like every other day. Uh, and that's these are the kind of things that I'm very excited about. And I think it's interesting to look back and be like, oh, it's only been like, you know, uh, eight months or something like that. When in January, some of these things were actually first, uh, first coming to life. Absolutely. Um, I think it's just, we're seeing this groundbreaking uh, swell of interests and, and amazing founders and, and projects coming to life. Um, so pivoting a little bit, um, we're going to, circle back to this topic of subnets, which has been coming up um, quite a bit in our recent chats. And um, so we're going to produce additional resources on subnets and sort of this framework for scaling stacks. Um, but one of the things that stands out in our conversations is that there's this concept that developers might be able to um, potentially choose from different trade-offs depending on their app and their use case. Um, so one example being, you know, opting for a potentially slightly more centralized uh, infrastructure to allow for higher uh, transactions per second. And of, obviously the stack's main chain remains decentralized in this model, but can you speak a little bit more about the benefits and sort of where centralization might be healthy, where um, it can also continue to interact with the fully decentralized uh, stack's main chain? Yeah, I think the, the main uh, almost like architecture diagram in my mind is uh, scaling Bitcoin in layers around Bitcoin, right? So think of that as Bitcoin at the core. Bitcoin is the most kind of like decentralized and most durable uh, infrastructure. And then you're trying to scale it in layers. Pretty much like how, you know, Lightning is a payments layer around Bitcoin. So you can think of Stacks as a smart contract layer. And it's actually very important that the smart contract layer itself is, is uh, optimized for decentralization. Because if you make stacks kind of like more centralized, then you are actually restricting the type of other layers you can build on top of stacks, right? But if stacks itself remains decentralized, then there are a ton of different options for things you can do um, that are kind of like scalability layers around stacks, right? 
So let me let me dive into that a little bit. So I think there are three types of proposals that are emerging. Uh, one, uh, by the way, Jude did this amazing thing that not only he wrote up the uh, there's a write up for what app chains are, but he actually has already built the first version of it, right? Which is which is amazing that uh, you know in our ecosystem, like we really believe in actually writing code and building things, and not just you know creating needless like hype and and then speculation and whatnot. So uh, app chains are kind of kind of already live. Judas built them, and app chains are one solution. Uh, the way to think about app chains is that they are well suited for applications that natively have some sort of a token. I think I think uh, Miami Coin is a, is a good example, and then all of the traffic for that smart contract can actually be contained in the app chain itself. So so the the app chain would result in some traffic on the Stacks mainnet because uh, miners are mining the app chain. But any interaction, so if your application has a lot of internal interactions, like let's say, let, let, me, let me give another example. Let's say you're building a social network, right? So the mining uh, is, is, is resulting in traffic on the main chain, but any other transactions or interactions within the social network are contained within the app chain itself. And so that's a, that's a very interesting model. And obviously, uh, uh, you know, that option is out there. I have personally been working more on the subnets idea. Uh, so subnets are basically uh, different in the sense that, uh, like, not every application might be a good fit for being an app chain. You know, you because you need you need uh, some sort of a token that people are mining. Some applications might not have a token, or there there might be an application where a lot of different types of interactions are needed. Let's say a a dex. Right, so a DEX is not a good fit for being built as a, as an app chain, as an example. So subnets are a different kind of like uh, uh, they explore a different uh, point in the design space where you're effectively giving up on decentralization a little bit, but you can deploy any application, like any application you can deploy on this on the stack. So the main main chain you can deploy on the subnet as well, and uh, the the ongoing use of the application does not result in any traffic on the main chain. You only result in traffic when you're actually transferring asset between the main chain and the subnet, right? So it's a, it's a different type of a uh, design trade-off. And the third thing that uh, Aaron, he's, he's also, uh, some people might not know him, he's, he's also a colleague of mine uh, who did a PhD at Princeton University, actually has done a, a ton of work on, on stacks like Clarity language was mostly mostly Aaron's work in the early days, uh, and he's he's amazing. If you're not familiar with the work he's done, I highly recommend you go and check out uh, what what Aaron has been doing. Uh, so Aaron is is uh, thinking about ideas which are more in the camp of state channels. That can there be you know some way of let's say building a dex where users are let's say you want to make a trade, you sign that you want to make a trade. And then when the trade happens, you have to sign again to accept that this trade happened because it's a state transition and users have to explicitly accept that the state transition happened. But once you do, like that state channel can actually keep making forward progress very, very quickly. And at some point at, or at any point, the parties can drop out at the last known good state. So in terms of a DEX, like whatever last trade you accepted by signing, you can actually withdraw your assets at that point. Right? So this this thing could be like extremely fast, but in contrast to subnets, uh, you're actually not giving up on on decentralization. 
because it is it remains very decentralized. Uh, you're not there. Are no new kind of like parties or or uh, trust vectors involved here. The downsides could be that you know maybe the developers would now have to think about how to uh, to uh, build their application so they can work with the state channel. And maybe the user X would look a little bit different as well. Like in my example, you have, people are not used to accepting their trade after making it. They're just used to just making one transaction, right? So the so both the developer uh, developers might have to adapt themselves to the state channel, and then the the UX might look different. But from a decentralization perspective, like it gets a very high score uh, versus a subnet that gets a lower score on decentralization. But then you can just deploy the same applications. Developers don't have to think about it. Users don't have to think about it. So I think it's great that these different solutions are emerging. And uh, my my goal is that uh, through Hero. Uh, hopefully to have uh, you know maybe a testnet of of subnets uh, online by Q4 and then by Q1 potentially even push it uh, push it live because they, they they are not critical to the SACS ecosystem right subnets can just use stacks as gas uh, they're optional they're almost like you know uh, it, the interface would look like a smart contract on the stack chain so if you want to use a subnet we'll transfer your assets to the smart contract which is a router between the subnet and the and the main chain but they're completely optional the rest of the system works without 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 the use of subnets as well but they, they can really help with scalability awesome thank you so much and as always we're going to have some resources below so definitely make sure to check those out all right and then to close we have a question from jose sk on twitter um would zero knowledge rollups be possible on stacks with clarity Yes, so the answer is yes, but let me even expand on that even more. And let me connect this back to the, the architecture diagram of uh, scaling Bitcoin in layers. So one of the one of the main kind of like you know limitations which are there for security reasons for Bitcoin is that it doesn't have a full smart contract language. Right. And we, we discussed like how Taproot is not smart contracts, how DLCs are not, not, not full smart contracts. But Stacks actually brings full smart contracts to Bitcoin. So once you have the full smart contract capability, uh, you can do zero knowledge proofs or rollups or even uh, things like Arbitrum, uh, which is which is like a fraud proof uh, type of a system developed uh, in Ethereum again by a bunch of uh, Princeton computer scientists. I, I know Ed Felton from um, back in my grad school days, and they are doing some really interesting work trying to scale Ethereum. But the but the lesson here is that the bigger thesis is that any interesting technologies developed in the crypto ecosystem can be implemented on top of Bitcoin, right? So Stacks is that missing piece because Stacks brings the full smart contract capabilities. If scaling solutions like Arbitrum uh, take off and they're actually uh, gaining traction and they turn out to be like you know a very secure, decentralized way of actually scaling something, you can just implement that technology uh, in Clarity and bring it to the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I think that's the real power of uh, what, what Stacks has done. It's not about, uh, you know, Stacks has some uh, kind of like, you know, it's limited in the type of scalability solutions you can have. Because it has a full smart contract language, anything that kind of like takes off in the crypto industry or approves itself can then be brought to the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I think that's a very, very powerful concept. And again, I don't think a lot of people uh, fully realize that uh, this is how the Bitcoin economy can grow by absorbing kind of like the tried and tested technologies that that you know uh, they were they were experimented on 
in non-Bitcoin ecosystems. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think we covered a lot of ground in this episode. Thank you to everyone tuning in and thank you, Mani, for being here. Um, if you haven't already, definitely subscribe to the Hero YouTube channel to stay up to date um, on the Stacker Chats. And um, we also love your questions. So leave them on Twitter or comment below and I will make sure to follow up. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much.